0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, lawmakers in Washington have been up in arms about the possibility of a shutdown, but also the state of John Fetterman's signature hoodies. Pennsylvania's favorite amphibian is getting a little love on local cars. And if you've ever wanted to buy 100 single AirPods, while well, the county airport has an event for you. It's October 6th, the Friday News Roundup. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. I'm with CityCast newsletter editor, Francesca DeBecco. Hello. Hey,
1: happy to be here.
0: And the newest contributor here at CityCast Pittsburgh, journalist and consultant, Natalie Bensavenga. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So excited to be with both of you. Back to the show. You've you've done this before.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we're so excited to have you.
0: Natalie, I know you have something to celebrate, a new radio show over at KDKA.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am the new Saturday host on KDKA Radio, um, which is really thrilling to be able to have a space to talk all things Pittsburgh, whether it's politics pop culture and really expand our minds together so i'm looking forward to hopefully having you on in the very near future megan
1: we're very excited about it that's incredible natalie congratulations um so you guys mean to tell me i get to be on mic with my two favorite <laughs> Pittsburgh women on mic. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy.
0: <laughs> honored, truly honored. Um, One thing, a little, a, a little sad note before we jump in, I do want to acknowledge some of our colleagues with the Pittsburgh Union Progress. Mm. They are marking one year today that they have been on strike from the Post-Gazette. There's a rally. Um, I'm just so sad that this has gone on as long as it has.
2: Yeah, and I actually talked with um, Zach, who is head of the union over there at the um, Pittsburgh Union Progress. And uh, we had an interesting conversation on KDK radio just last night. So you can still check that out as well. But it's it's sad because having worked for the Post-Gazette for so many years and having been very outspoken about my experience leaving and uh, speaking at union events... It is very disheartening to me, not only that they're still dealing with um, the the ridiculousness of being on strike, but that so many people in the community, I don't think, realize that it has been 365 days. So for people out there, the Post-Gazette is still on strike. Do not read that publication. Go over and read the Pittsburgh Union progress and support our union workers for sure.
0: Yeah. And Natalie, it's a good reminder. You were at the Post-Gazette for many, many years. Yeah, Um, it's like your home. Yeah. I'm I'm so grateful that you found some voice there. But also, I just really, really, really want our major organizations to get along and to get the health care that they need.
2: Absolutely. And it really comes down to workers' rights. And we're seeing that all over the country, how many different organizations are unionizing, which I find very exciting and very heartening. And, you know, I always will stand with unions and in solidarity for uh, labor rights everywhere because it's really about human rights and it's an intersection between uh, gender justice and racial justice as well as economic justice. So stand with your unions and uh, read the Pittsburgh Union Progress.
1: Yeah, you got that right, Natalie. Uh, If you want to support uh, the Newspaper Guild here locally, you can head over to the 300 block of the North Shore Drive right over there by the Post-Gazette
0: headquarters at 1 PM. They're holding a rally. Okay, so let's start off with some news from the US Senate. Not only have we averted a government shutdown for now, but our lawmakers were also able to rally around one of our nation's most pressing issues, John Fetterman's fondness for old wrinkly shorts. Natalie, can you catch us up on what the Senate was doing with this new dress code?
2: It's really fascinating to me because we have so many actual issues that need to be addressed. And the Republicans in both the House and the Senate are just playing. They're just playing around. They're not actually doing their jobs. And they're so focused on whether Fetterman is wearing a hoodie or not, that they're really missing the forest through the trees and there's much bigger fish to fry. Um, but the reality is they recently did pass a, a standard dress code. So uh, Senator Fetterman will be showing up in a suit and tie to work. Thank goodness, because I'd much rather them focus on that than something <laughs> like a living wage and raising the minimum wage across the country, because who needs to eat? Really people, right? Yeah. What I need to do is make sure I see everybody in proper attire walking into the Capitol. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, he's been such a good sport about it. It seems like um, I, he was talking to MSNBC and I heard him say, aren't there more important things we should be talking about rather than if I dress like a slob? Well, and, and the reality,
2: too, um here is you know it does show you that they can work across the aisle when it's something that motivates them and I just find it very ironic that this is an issue that is motivating them instead of issues that impact all Americans like our lack of you know universal health
0: care for example child care, so many just other pick things any topic. <laughs> Yeah, snap benefits. Any of the above. I, I think it's really important
1: to like zoom out and look at this in context too, with like how much he and his family has been through in the past couple of years, surviving a stroke, um, getting inpatient treatment for depression, and I just, I, it was really gross at how people were, well, specifically his other co-politicians were mocking him, mocking him for his disability and auditory processing issues. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like a dress code is another like barrier to entry, another form of providing less accessibility to folks. I mean, it's just it doesn't prevent him from doing his job. And it's
2: just, man, he's a big guy, too. Like, (laughs) it's hard. It's hard to find a suit to fit this man. And can you imagine if he has to go and get these new suits? how then they're gonna be like elitist John Fetterman having to go get custom suits. And it's like, well, he can't just go to the men's warehouse. Like the guy is what, six, five or something. So they, they want it both ways, but we know that this is just about distraction, distraction, distraction. Right.
0: And let's not pretend that they haven't been talking about his appearance for years. Like, I don't think I've ever read a profile of John Fetterman where someone didn't discuss his height, his Mm -hmm. tattoos, Mm -hmm. his penchant for shorts and hoodies. Like, and that was before we were aware of his challenges with mental health. And I'm with you, Francesca. I just think, like, if you put this into context, it feels so otherizing and Mm -hmm. gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's about
2: ableism, you know, at the end of the day. And the fact that, you know, there have been... Um, situations where he's had to use devices to provide support. And the fact that the uh, GOP would attack him for that is really attacking their own constituents. There are, of course, people living with disabilities all over this country that identify as either Republicans or Democrats or independents. And you're basically making fun and mocking um, the people that you are there to serve. And I think a lot of what has been frustrating me lately is recognizing that, A lot of people right now in positions of power are really in it for themselves, and they've lost the context around, you are supposed to be representing the United States, you are supposed to be representing the people of your state, of your county, of your city. And that seems to be getting lost in the shuffle. And um, as the far right extreme continues to usurp power from the moderates, we're seeing that playing out more and more, the what can I do for myself mentality, which is disgusting.
0: Yeah. I mean, and we mentioned this, of course, but a reminder, all of this was happening while there was a possibility of a government shutdown. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. (laughs) It's been delayed for now. Legislators have until November 17th to come to an agreement about government spending. But this could have had wide reaching effects for Pennsylvania. Natalie, I know you've been focused on some of those for your Facts Over Fear Mm -hmm. series um, and some of what you post on social media, which is excellent, by the way. (laughs) Yin should definitely check out Natalie's Instagram if you're not already following.
2: Thanks so much for that. Yeah. Well, it just fires me up to think that 1.9 million Pennsylvanians could lose access to SNAP benefits and 180,000 residents could lose uh, WIC benefits. And WIC is discretionary spending, which means Congress gets to vote on that every year. So if they don't pass a budget, that money just runs out. Mm. And it also impacts our airports. I don't think people recognize that, um, you know, a lot of our TSA workers, these are government, these are federal employees. So This could impact 35,000 passengers a day if a uh, shutdown occurs. So these are real things happening to real Americans in real time. And the idea that they're still going to get paid, Congress will still cut themselves a check, but not the American people and the people working for the government otherwise is just deplorable to me.
0: Yeah, I saw the Trib reported that we have around 19,000 federal employees wow. just in the Pittsburgh region.
1: Wow. Yeah, the federal government is the fifth largest employer in
0: Western Pennsylvania. So that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a little moment of levity. Fetterman's online store right now is doing pre-orders for a hoodie that says, I vote in this hoodie. Uh, <laughs> it's being printed by Commonwealth Press here in Pittsburgh. A, a caveat, it proceeds do go to his campaign if you order one of these. So only buy it if you want to support him.
2: That's awesome. And I do need a new hoodie for the fall. So I might have to do that.
1: <laughs> All of us will be showing up to vote. I love in it. This hoodie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, Pittsburgh. Behind those stately red doors on Bingham Street, the brilliant minds at Pittsburgh's City Theater have a brand new stage show for you. It's a modern revamp of the Shakespearean classic Hamlet. Fat Ham follows a young queer black man named Juicy whose father visits from beyond the grave to demand Juicy avenge his murder. Check it out through March 24th and get your tickets at citytheatercompany.org. Use code CityCast all one word, for $5 off. So to pivot to something a smidge more benign, but still Pennsylvania government, um, the state just released its new license plate options. Um, the newest includes the Eastern Hellbender, or the Snot Otter, as literally every media outlet has been calling it this week. <laughs>
1: I love this as a lighter story uh, that we can all kind of enjoy that the government is doing something relatively nice
0: <laughs> to celebrate um, something slimy, like yeah, literally like actually gross. slimy in the world.
2: Yeah. Deans you know about the hellbender? No, but I will after this because I'm definitely going to have to look him up. I'm going to tell you.
1: Um, So it's Pennsylvania State Amphibian. It has a few more colorful names besides uh, the snot otter. It's also called the devil dog, the allegheny alligator, and lasagna lizard. (laughs) I can't decide which one's my favorite. Although I don't know if we can call it the allegheny alligator with how many alligators we've actually... (laughs) had go on the loose in uh, Pittsburgh rivers. Um, I personally have never seen one with my own eyes. There's a reason for that. About 40 percent of the population has died out and it's continuing to shrink because
2: of climate change, pollution, flooding, logging. Can can we talk about the irony, though, of like it's a license plate which goes on a car, which is contributing to the climate (laughs) crisis (laughs) that they're trying Mm -hmm. to create this conservation effort around, like, Sorry, I just had to keep it real. No, here. you have <laughs>
1: such a you have such a point. I, although a a portion of the proceeds from the license plates do go towards supporting the Commonwealth's unique flora and fauna, it just yeah something doesn't add up there. Um, so. What's interesting is the court actually voted not to make it an endangered species, uh, but water quality advocates sued over that decision. So it could get another shot at federal protection. So I don't know, maybe this uh, unique Pennsylvania slimy creature will um, be more... You know, have more awareness because of the license
0: plates. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, have you seen these license plates, Natalie? I don't know if you got I a chance to take a look right at them. Right now, I am looking. They're at them. ugly. Like I was looking at the rest of the list, I did not realize how hideous these are. Like mm-hmm. other states have really beautiful advocacy mm-hmm. plates, like. They're like full landscapes and bright colors. And instead, ours is our normal, ugly Pennsylvania plate with an itty bitty picture it's with like some a, writing on it. Yeah. Clip
2: art. Yeah, it is. It's totally yeah. clip art. Maybe this is like, maybe they use some AI, like bottom of the barrel stuff. But some to do of this. them
0: have writing on them for some reason. Like, couldn't we have just had like a nice picture of yeah. the Hellbender? It looks kind of like an eel if you're not familiar. Yeah. Um, but it's it's labeled. Why? Why did they bother? <laughs> I don't know, but there are some cool ones. I mean, I guess
1: if you want to just like put your money towards something, there's the Pollinator Habitat Fund registration plate. It has a flower and a bee and a butterfly. It's kind of cute. Um, but we did an episode all about special license plates. Uh, semi recently.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get like a vanity plate or a special license plate here in Pennsylvania, um, it's expensive. First of all, it's eighty five dollars just for the application, and there's no guarantee that that. that it'll get approved. Like if it's something normal, they'll come back to you and be like, oh, that one's taken or something like that. Can you tweak it? But if it's just offensive, which a lot of them are, there are many hundreds of things that are on the banned Pennsylvania list that are just really funny. A couple of them we highlighted were like, I farted, but without the A. Um, Or side piece, but S-I-D-E-P-C. Those did not get approved. Uh, So we encourage you to go back and check out that episode if you haven't.
2: I think that's brilliant. I'm also looking at the list of what has been banned because I was just so curious after that episode aired and I'm
3: cracking Mm -hmm. up.
2: Also, kudos to people's creativity, trying to find a workaround for naughty words or bizarro phrases, because some of these you have to kind of like look at them a couple of times and say them out loud to yourself before you're like, oh, that's that's why. But who's in charge of having to put this list together? God love them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we asked the um, Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, and they didn't really give us a straight answer, but they did say something along the lines of, we use Google a lot. That's amazing. (laughs) Which is good. I love that, like, Urban Dictionary is where our government is going to make sure that we don't say anything (laughs) too raunchy on the roads. Oh, my. So much to unpack. Last up, earlier this week, the CityCast Pittsburgh crew realized that this is the weekend for one of our favorite annual events, the county's annual airport auction. Have either of you ever been to it? I haven't.
2: I didn't even know about this until you guys told me. (laughs) I, I, I feel so dumb because this sounds amazing and also... I'm blown away by the items that you can get at said auction.
1: I love this. We had a touch of like federal, state, and now we got a little county story in here. (laughs) Um, I've never been, but I've heard great things. Um, And one of our colleagues went to it last year.
0: Yeah. Um, CityCast producer Elizabeth Kama, who Pittsburghers will have heard many, many times, uh, she attended last year and purchased a painting that she says was actually quite ugly. I will let her describe that experience.
3: It was in this like old airport hangar and there was like coffee trucks and stuff like food trucks outside and inside it was just kind of like busy, weird energy, definitely felt like an abandoned um hangar with just piles of boxes and stuff and like cars lining everywhere um it was an interesting mix of people for sure a lot of people came for the cars um and so we're getting there pretty early i saw like abandoned like baby carriages uh like a giant elsa head which um i have photos of that i will share uh online before you go you can check and see what they have available for auction And I saw this like deeply unsettling portrait of this man who appeared to be incarcerated and it was a self-portrait and it was not great. And it did not look like it was on canvas. It looked like it was on bed sheets. And I was just like, I need to see this. The thing about like the auctions is that like they don't sell things item by item. Like you have to buy six iPads, you can't buy one. Um, But this was the only item that you can only buy one of. Um, I told myself I would only spend $5, but I spent 20. I would definitely recommend it if you like need like six iPads and like want a cheap place to get them or if you just want to like see what debris people kind of just like leave in um in the airport I think it's really interesting for that
2: she keeps going (laughs) she felt it you know she was there and it was a real visceral (laughs) experience
0: no doubt. Uh, so the full list of sale items is online now. It includes a ton of cars as Elizabeth said, um the counties and then some other abandoned ones, um a lot of electronics. Um Natalie, I'm curious. I know you glanced at this in advance if anything jumped out to you. I liked the cowboy boots I saw. Persia. The python yes. python skin I was like, cowboy okay, boots, some yeah.
2: vintage cowboy boots. I was just blown away by, like, the quality. I saw a pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses hanging out there. I'm like, how many people must just leave really nice sunglasses
0: at the airport by mistake? There were hundreds <gasps> of pairs of sunglasses. Oh, I would go just yeah. for that. I love sunglasses. There's a Bobcat tractor, like the, the, like the big digger kind. See, now my husband kind. would love that.
2: I don't know where we'd put <laughs> it. We'd be those people, but that that sounds about right.
0: My <laughs> uh, husband must be a proper Pittsburgher then. Uh, there's several lots of like single earbuds or airbot AirPods earbuds. I forget, so not pairs of them. There are pairs of them too, but there's there's lots of where it's just singles that they found random places. I can't even
2: believe they kept them. Well, and I just find it fascinating that there's just so many cars. Like I don't know why that fact really just. How do you forget your car? Yeah. Or like what's happening? Are you. Are you taking someone else's car and you're like, bye, we'll never be back here and just leaving? Like what is happening to the car situation? I found that very unsettling personally. Yeah. <laughs> what what are the
0: stories behind yes, those left we need to be well, the airport answered that, actually. Um, I don't know if you've ever checked it out. They have a their own news service called Blue Sky. Um, right. And they wrote this up. Um, and of course, they were like, well, everybody always asks us, how do you forget a car? I guess a lot of them, like people either can't come back or like for various reasons or the like fees that get racked up over time, like your travel plans changed. You don't I have don't the ability know. to come retrieve it. And it costs hundreds of dollars to get it out of the parking lot at that point. And that's just it's a barrier, they can't reach that's so they're so like sad. goodbye goodbye car that's terrible Like to lose
2: your car over like not being that sad because i mean cars yeah, are it's so a, vital it's in a happy pittsburgh. story you need a car yeah. in pittsburgh i mean this is not yeah, this unfortunately. is not new york oh that's wild yeah. they should start a fund for people like just some kind of a for people who leave their cars behind yeah like just some kind of like Fun because I can't imagine that's almost like when your car gets impounded and people just don't have the ability to get it out. Like that's not a lot of money to lose a car that's valued at thousands and thousands of dollars. That's sad.
0: Although, yeah, I agree. Although some of these cars are quite old. Um, and they're all everything on the list is as is. There's no mileage information, nothing about whether the engine works. Several of them have like clear dings. I think there was one that like the entire front fender looks like it's it's on its way out. Um it's, it's a lot of stuff.
2: So much drama at the airport.
1: Yeah, there's been some really interesting stuff ov- over the years. Um, golf clubs, rice cookers. I'd like that. Um, <laughs> Me <too. laughs> a Portable toilet seat uh, flippers Why? and goggles. Um, this year, well, Pittsburgh Magazine did a little write-up on it, and they're showing a Burberry coat and Telfar bags on the list. So there's something for everyone, surely.
0: <laughs> Although those aren't on the auction site as of this recording. Um, So I did email the airport about that and I was like, these two things do not connect. Where's the listing for the Burberry coat? Um, And they were like, First of all, I guess those listings are constantly being changed, like right up until the auction and updated. So it could pop between now and then. However, it's also possible that they were there and the owner of the coat realized, oh, no, I left my coat. And then they can go retrieve it up to, up until the auction. It's um, a public I guess that loss happened. and found. Yeah, that <laughs> happened last year where <laughs> a mandolin was uh, returned to its owner because they realized, oh, it's going to go up for auction. I got to go get my item.
2: Oh my goodness. This is wild, you guys. Like truly, but amazing at the same time. I love this.
0: <laughs> well, before we go, is there anything, Natalie, Francesca, that yins are really looking forward to headed into the weekend? Of course, the auction, but anything else? Of
2: course, the auction. I am excited because I'm going to be hosting KDK Radio on Saturday from two to five. I've got a lot of fantastic guests lined up. We're going to be talking a ton of different topics um, from local issues all the way to the national scene. So if you can tune in, you can check it out on 100.1 FM or AM 1020 KDK, And you can also stream it on the Odyssey app or at kdkradio.com. If you miss it live, you can always play it back.
1: We will be tuning in. Uh, This weekend, I'm excited for Armful of Flowers Fall Fest on Bingham. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it up there. They do it every year on Mount Washington. It's an urban flower farm and gift shop. It's so cute. And they've got all of their fall stuff out, mums, pumpkins, you name it. I have more information on this in this week's Mount Washington Guide published in the newsletter. I can link that in the show notes. And of course, you know, Friday hit Pittsburgh newsletters always have a packed weekend events guide. So Go check it out if you need something to
2: do. And I use your your advice guide, though your events guide. I love it. You guys have ah, such a great newsletter. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it, and I always check it out. And because Francesca is also vegan friendly, couple of veg heads over here. She always highlights the good uh, veg stuff happening. So much appreciated.
0: You know it, Natalie. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> Uh, mine is going to be the Antique Skyscrapers Tour, Um, where you can go up on a bunch oh. of rooftops and be like a proper Nebby Pittsburgher. Yes. Um, the ones this weekend, it's Saturday and Sunday. There's a bunch of different times. You can go to Copper's, the Oliver Building, the Clark Building, and then where CityCast Pittsburgh has a little bit of space, the Benidim Trees Building, although I've never seen the top of it. Have you, Ooh. Francesca?
1: No, I haven't. Maybe we need to go <laughs> on the it. tour. <laughs> yeah, so
0: it's a two-hour downtown walk walking tour with a friend of the pod, Mark Hauser. He does just wonderful work talking about the architecture and how these buildings are kind of the leftovers of these fortunes and legacies that built our city. It's really fun.
1: Yeah, and today starts uh, Pittsburgh's
0: architecture week, so it's a perfect time to do that. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Our music is by Benji, podcast production this week for Mallory Falk, Sophia Lowe, and Noah Snyderman. Francesca DeBecco and Natalia Aldana wrote the newsletter. And I'm your host, Megan Harris. In observance of Indigenous Peoples Day, we will be back on Tuesday with more news from around the city. We hope you have a great long weekend, everyone.
1: Also, as three journalists here, like have some respect for a deadline.